And a huge welcome back to the Fort Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams, your host. Little Birdie just told me this is podcast number 40. I know we don't number them, but 40 podcasts. That's pretty cool. I'd like to welcome in my friend, the star of the show that would never say he's the star of the show. Because you know, he's got that humble spirit that we all love and try to emulate. Ford Taylor. Hey, you started welcome in, brother. Welcome in, brother. Thanks, PW. You started talking about the star of the show. I'm in a room by myself. I started looking around. So who showed up? <laughs> I thought, man, we're Where's Sandra? Yeah. Well, she, she is the star of the show in this household. I guarantee you. As you know, we tell people, you know, sometimes people like me and then they meet Sandra and all of a sudden I'm out and she's in. So she is the star of this show, I promise you. <laughs> That's awesome. Ford, we uh, have a, a really important subject to talk about today. Before we get into the the meat of the podcast, you know, uh, I like to reflect back and uh, I love to adjust and adapt when I make a plan or start a business or have a goal. Uh, sometimes we have to go back and adjust and adapt. So the Ford Taylor Talks podcast, um, talk a little bit about, you know, why we created it, why you named it, what you did. Um, is it having the impact? Is the feedback that you're getting uh, encouraging us to do more? Do people want us to change? This is kind of the halftime. Like you're, like you're in, you and Nick Saban are back in the locker room it's halftime. We got 40 of these. Well, after this one, we'll have 40 of these in the cloud. What's really going on with Ford Taylor Talks, my friend Ford Taylor? Yeah, PW, our, our reason for starting the podcast is probably a little bit different than some people's. Uh, you know, in 2020, uh, you know, we travel all over. Our, our team goes globally and, you know, here in America and around the world, and, and we couldn't do that. And so we started getting questions of how can we hear from you more? And so that was the reason for starting the podcast, uh, to really be able to help people. And, and we asked how we're doing, if, if you call it halftime. You know, we've really never promoted a lot. We, we've not really intentionally done anything to um, really expand our listening base. It's really been more about helping those that we were already in relationship with. And so I guess real podcast people would say well wouldn't you want to expand your listening base well yeah if it helps more people uh, but we've really not done any of that i, I will tell you that the, the main reason really the only reason originally was just to be able to stay in contact and help the people that we were already working with i, I will tell you um, one thing that has happened recently is uh, i got a uh, contacted by a magazine and they uh, have published three podcasts of them interviewing me in their magazine. And since that time, another magazine is called and, and is offered to publish articles twice a month and put the podcast in there because they want to see it expand more after they listen to some of them. So I guess on one hand, the people that are listening were really helping them, I hope. And then on the other hand, other people are now saying, we want to help expand it as opposed to us going out and trying to, you know, market it and expand it. Cause that was not, that was never our intent when we started, but it is encouraging to get the feedback like that from people who are calling those other places and saying, you need to listen to this. And then they're calling us and saying, 
more people need to hear this. So from that level, that's encouraging. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep doing them as long as we keep getting the feedback from our audience that it's helpful. And as long as we're getting questions that allows us to answer what their needs are. And as long as we have tools that can answer those right now, I don't see any reason for us to, to stop doing them. Let's do another 40. Maybe another 40. We'll see what happens. But and again, if 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 it does expand and other people start getting help that you know we've we've never reached before, you know, both you and me both will be encouraged by that. That's what'll keep us going. That's good stuff. Ford, uh let's jump into our subject matter today. And you know, in your trainings, uh once in a while you'll have that Einstein moment where you say, I have a theory. And I see people grabbing pens and paper when you say that. There's usually going to be some fruit coming out. But today we're going to talk about uh, a theory on anger and as it relates to current events, as it relates to our relationships during the last 12 or 18 months, uh, as it relates to how COVID has impacted us uh, as a society. What is your theory, Ford? Well, it's interesting, PW. I've been sharing this theory for a few weeks, and I, and I went and actually talked to a very close friend who's a doctor, and I shared it with him. And he said, oh, my, I think you're on to something. Uh, and so let's review anger quickly. Uh, so when I share the theory, that'll make more sense. And then we'll share a tool that if that theory is correct, how to maybe do something about it. And so, uh, as we know, anger starts uh, with fear, frustration, or pain, and that pain can be emotional or physical. Now, I'll, I'll say to you, PW, that you hear me say in the training, physical pain, you know, when something happens to us physically, we may not have control over that. Um, but while I don't think there's research that can prove the first part of this theory, is that I believe the fear, frustration, and emotional pain could be rooted in pride. And so if we have a lot of pride, it, it's gonna show up a lot in fear, frustration, and pain. But that's just kind of a sub-theory, okay? But what we also know is that when fear, frustration, or pain kicks into our body, uh, it affects our adrenaline system, which sets our adrenaline system sits right at the top of our kidney. And when fear, frustration, or pain kicks in, it releases one of the cortisols or adrenalines into our body that's called epinephrine or norepinephrine. Now, one of those causes us, our bodies, to get super intense and we become very assertive or aggressive. The other one can cause our bodies to get intense and we can just completely shut down or run, you know, flee, and that's called the fight or flight mode. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that when epinephrine kicks in, it actually impacts and reduces the rational part of our brain. It blocks the neurons that allow us to think, to think rationally, and we now only can think emotionally. And so if we can't think rationally, we say or do things that we would not do when our brain is full size. And so here's my theory. Um, you know, normally in America, when we've had a common enemy, uh, you know, like 9-11, you know, the country pulled together 
around the common enemy. Uh, you know, in World War One, World War Two, you know, we pulled together, and even with other countries, we pulled together and we fought a common enemy. For some reason, we're not doing that this time. You know, and so here's my theory. So we have this, what I call the common enemy. I'm going to call it COVID-19. Okay. But instead of fighting the common enemy, it seems like that we are divided as opposed to united. And my theory is uh, it's because for a year and a half now or so between the media, mainstream media, and I'm going to call it the left and right media, uh, between social media, that, that our brains, for most people, have, have been living in this constant state of epinephrine, you know, of fear, frustration, and pain kicking into our bodies. And now it's shut down as a society. It's like it's shut down our ability to think rationally. And so now what do we do? Now, instead of coming together united against a common enemy, we're divided and we start making other things, other people, the enemy. And, and that's just not logical. I mean, I'll sit and watch, and you can watch mainstream, extreme left or extreme right, it doesn't matter. But I mean, I truly believe if, if, if your epinephrine's not kicking in and you're watching closely, that you won't be surprised and even on social media, that you'll hear them say uh, yellow is right. And, the, you know, a minute or two later, they'll say green is right. And because you can't hear the yellow and the green, you'll take the one that you want to believe. You know, you'll adopt that as your belief system, and then you'll splash it out across social media. Uh, an example, you know, and again, I, uh, this isn't a post or negative vaccination thing that I'm talking about. This is a theory on anger. This is a theory on thinking rationally. And so for me, just a rational thought is just rationally thinking. If they tell me to take the shot and it will protect me from getting serious illness or go to the hospital. Right. And so. I believe that, and if I take the shot and I believe that, why would I believe the irrational thought that someone else has to take the shot to protect me? I mean, to me, I, that's for me, that's not logical. Now, if someone says take everybody ought to take the shot to keep the hospitals from shutting down, I mean, at least that's a rational thought, but, but I don't understand why a parent would tell a child so the parents had the shot while they would tell a child, you can't come see me unless you've had the shot. Now, if you don't believe the shot works, that, that's a rational thought. But if you do believe it works, I don't know why a parent and a child would stay separated relationally based on that kind of thinking. That, that's what I don't get. Um, and it's the same, you know, even at work. You know, people who don't want to take the shot, you know, and all the people that do take the shot, if they're protected by it, I don't understand why they believe that working along someone, someone who hasn't had it, I don't know why that would make you mad. I, I don't understand. I, 
To me, that's irrational. Okay. And it's the same on the other end. If someone, if I decide not to take the shot, why would I get mad at someone who decides to take it? I, I don't, to me, both of those are irrational. And so my theory is that we've been in fear, frustration, and pain so long that when we hear yellow or green, we grab the one we want to believe. And that's, and then we, we get so focused on that that we don't even go look at the fact that there's that maybe two different things are being told to us at the same time. And we can't see that now, instead of coming together around the common enemy of COVID, you know, we're being divided around, you know, politics, left and right. Uh, take the shot, don't take the shot. There's a cure, there's not a cure. You know, and so I don't understand it. To me, that's just an irrational way of thinking individually. And I, my theory is it's now perpetuating the country. Uh, and so my suggestion to people, one suggestion is if you hear something, that, if you're only listening to what you agree with and you're never looking into what you don't agree with, you know, doing your own research. now. Because I've traveled globally, as you know, uh, I'm able to talk to uh, scientists, uh, doctors, you know, not just in America, but in other countries, you know, hear scientific research that's not based on, you know, politics or it's just research. And so, you know, based on that research, for me, I'm, I'm making a decision on these kinds of things based on that. Everybody doesn't have the relationships or the time to go do that. And I understand that. But I would encourage them, instead of being divided with your family, instead of being divided with your friends, that maybe you sit down and have a rational conversation and ask yourself, have you looked at the scientific research? Because you're going to find out that if you look at it, it's going to be really, really good for some people to take the shot. And it might not be so good for others, but, but there's no way to really know that for sure. The way that we're being divided, unless you do your own individual research for you on whether the shot's good for you or not. And, and like my, you've heard me say this, PW, no matter what my decision was early on, you know, I told people that, that if God spoke to me and said, I want you to take this shot and it's going to kill you, but it'll save 100,000 people. I'd talk it over with Sandra and I'd go take the shot. I mean, it, it, but that was early. I mean, when I was trying to make the decision, it wasn't about, you know, just completely protecting me. It was, what would it do? You know, what is this society? But again, this isn't about taking the shot or not taking the shot. This is about the theory. Is it possible that we moved into a society that it's hard for us to think rationally and feel rationally so we can have rational conversations with our friends and family because those relationships you know money can be replaced you know but relationships and those are hard to replace and I, I would just encourage us all to to take a step back take a deep breath and don't let a common enemy which we're not focused on don't let it turn into allowing us to make each other and others the enemy when the common enemy is really COVID-19. For 
you know, when you talk about anger and the two things that people do, A, they shut down or they become agitated and or frustrated. And I don't think people equate the the rational thinking to either of those activities, to either of those behaviors. Uh, the shutdown, um, which is what I think people do less of the two, most became become agitated, their volume raises, their body language changes uh, around this subject. So I think from a how do we fix it standpoint, because we're trying to we're trying to provide solutions, right? Mm-hmm. And if we know the definition of anger and what happens, and when your epinephrine fires and you have to wait for that epinephrine to come down or to to a hundred percent quit, like we have to give the folks listening a strategy. But I seem like even the really smart people with the huge hearts, they get anger. <laughs> they get angry or they shut down or become frustrated around this subject. Well, you know, PW, you're right. And and it's easy to tell when someone's angry when they're aggressive and yelling at you and assertive or hitting you. The harder ones to pick up on are the ones who are holding it in. They're usually the ones that have ulcers. But my point is they're, you know, they're holding the anger in. And so you can't really see it, but they're they're basically just as irrational because they won't talk to you. You know, they won't, they can't enter into a conversation that allows us to get to the best answer, whatever that is around any subject. And so you've heard me say in the past, one of the quotes that's out there is that uh, I believe that gossip may be the largest undiagnosed addiction in our world today. But then later you'll hear me say, I'm not 100% sure about that because it could be epinephrine that's the largest undiagnosed addiction in our world today. And so what happens is, like you said, I think people are so accustomed to this epinephrine going off and being angry that they truly don't know what it does to their brain. You know, when you hear people call it a pea brain, well, that's not it. I mean, there's a reason it's called a pea brain. And so when I say to people, have you ever been angry? And of course, we all say yes. Have you ever done anything that when you looked back on it later that you said, I can't believe I said that or I can't believe I did that. Well, 100% of the room says yes. Well, now you know why you did it. You did it because your brain was small. In other words, you couldn't think rationally. Therefore, I mean, I hate to say it this way, you got stupid. And, And when you get stupid, you say and do things. We say and do things that we would never do with a full brain. And so, yeah, I, th- I think it's so, I think it's been going on so much that people have really even lost the ability to recognize that that's what's happening. And so the only way to stop it is to change the way we think. And so if my thinking is, pick PW, just give me, you take the shot or don't take the shot and I'll take the other side. Which one you want to take? Lord, I talked to my doctor and he said my natural immunity was stronger than any shot, so I ain't taking it. Well, that's just stupid. Are you watching the news? Are you watching anything at all that's telling you your natural immunity is not bigger than this shot? I mean, now see, my brain gets small because I get mad 
And now I'm telling you to do something that I would never tell you to do, which is listen to the news. If my brain is full, okay, now again, whichever side you took, I would take the other side. I'd say, well, PW, you know, if your doctor's telling you that and you're paying your doctor, I probably would listen to what my doctor said. I mean, if, if that's who you're paying for advice, you know, but my doctor told me that my immune system's not as strong as yours. And so he told me, my doctor said, I probably ought to take it. Now, we hug, we kiss, we're still friends. Because that's what two rational minds would say. I wouldn't say to you, anger, I would say, well, that's just stupid. You know, you can't be around me anymore. You know, we, we, you can't come over to my house anymore. We can't have dinner together anymore because you didn't take the shot, even though I've taken it. You know, you, sorry, even if you're immune, so your, your doctor doesn't know what they're talking about. And these are the conversations that go on. But what I would probably further encourage you to do is get a second opinion. Go watch some research from scientists, not doctors who get paid or not paid based on what they do, not politicians who get paid or, or media who sells ads based on what they say or don't say. I would probably say, you know, you might want to look into it a little bit deeper, listen to some scientists, see what the scientists say from the research they have from other countries, not just here and here, both, and see if you want to get a second opinion. And I would have said that on either side that you took. Right. Or, you know, it, it, you know, people pay me to be their coach. And, and, I, and I've said to them, if you're not going to listen to me, let's do me a favor and you a favor. Let's stop. Save your money, save my time, and go find somebody you'll listen to. And I'm good with that. And so I would probably say, if your doctor told you to do what you wanted to do, you'd probably do it. If he told you something counter to what you wanted to do, then you probably want to do some more research and find out if what you want to do. And it wouldn't matter to me if it was for or against, but that's what a logical, that's what a logical full brain conversation would look like instead of me jumping all over you for not getting it or jumping all over you for getting it. Ford, as we lay in the plane, I think as transformational leaders, we uh, have learned to uh, not uh, react or overreact. Uh, we've learned to uh, dig a little deeper. We believe all feedback is relevant. Um, I think in this case, you really struck a chord today. We're talking about anger uh, and um, the impact uh, that COVID as a whole and everything that comes with it, shots, no shots, mandates, no mandates, has had on our country, our community, uh, our relationships, and our families. Um, Ford, good stuff today. Thank you for sharing. Uh, a lot to unpack here. Um, I would uh, encourage you, Ford, to uh, keep, keep uh, expounding on this subject matter uh, either through social media, through your website, or uh, or your writing. I never put you on the spot like that about a particular subject, but I think this is important that people have some more tools uh, to be better in these times that we're living in. Yeah, PW, let me give a real quick tool. So one is uh, figure out what's causing the anger. What is the thought that's taking place? Uh, is it I'm afraid I'm going to get sick? Whatever it is, but figure out that thought. And And if you can change that thought, to something else. So imagine whatever it is that happened that caused your epinephrine to kick in. So just imagine it. Try to think of what you're thinking. 
but try to think, what could a new thought be the next time that happens? What could you replace the old thought with? And if you can replace it with that old thought, you can keep the epinephrine from kicking in. Okay. If you can have the new thought, the epinephrine won't kick in. Now you and your family, you and your friends, you can have a nice logical non-anger conversation. You can hear each other, give everybody the right to their own opinion. Here's another quote for you. Write it down if you want to quote me on it. Learn to give up your need to be right without losing your passion for truth. And when you do that, anger just doesn't kick in very often. But write down the new thought, think the new thought, keep those relationships, even if you don't agree on a specific subject. And don't forget, as we learn these tools, as we do them, what happens? We learn to love more. And when we learn to love, we influence. And when we influence, we transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.